This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sometimes it's good to talk about it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Salicata back on the fan, waiting now on Aaron Judge. The other big names, or not, not all the other, but the big names as far as New York goes. We've been waiting on DeGrom and Judge and Verlander. As far as that goes, we know where they are. DeGrom bolted for Texas. Verlander is his replacement in New York. And the Yankees and everybody else here awaiting Aaron Judge. And then once that's settled, then it could be the, okay, deep breath, relax, Now let's see how these teams are going to fill out the rest of their rosters. But until Judge falls into place, and look, there's some other big names available that are out there. Until Judge falls into place, really, you know, we're not, we can't get started. And that's what the Yankees got to be frustrated about. I know they were talking to Verlander. That obviously didn't work out. Um, Link to Rodon. I have my doubts that that's going to work out. Brian Cashman saying he doesn't know what's going to happen in the event that the Yankees don't re-sign Aaron Judge. I don't know. What are we going to do? Wild. But a good start to the winter meetings with some action yesterday. And now we'll see what happens. I would expect both Judge and Nimmo to choose their homes this week. Now, again, who knows? I'm just expecting that to be the case. You don't know. And Nimmo's obviously a big one. It impacts both the Mets and Yankees. Yankees were interested in Brandon Nimmo. I don't know if that's in addition to Aaron Judge or in replace, you know, in the event the Judge does leave and they maybe they want to have, uh, you know, go with go with Nimmo, who's going to be more money than Benintendi. I think ideally the Yankees rather have Benintendi back and Aaron Judge. And if I'm the Mets, I'd rather have Benintendi uh, than even Brandon Nimmo back. I know that they're two different players. I just feel like you can use that money elsewhere and then add another player. Now, who that guy is, you know, that's the problem. Like we said, I don't think the Mets are going to get an impact bat at this particular point, or at least there aren't signs pointing to that. So that's why they really want Nimmo back. He might be the last piece of their puzzle, thinking we'll get Nimmo back, and then if we could get Otani at the deadline and add that impact bat, then everything will change. Al is calling from Oldwick, New Jersey. What's up, Al? I it pains me to say this, but I agree entirely with your perspective on Jacob Degrom. Why is that pain? I you? think he. We've had arguments over the years. Huh. Um, so what? Uh, we we could have we could well, disagree but, on sports. It's fine, and we could agree on certain things. Anyway, good. Uh, correct. 
and, and in this particular case, look, I agree. You, you speak to people because this is your avocation, and you get better insight than people, and you feel he wasn't, didn't want to be here. From a layman's perspective, as mine, I agree with you because, A, Texas has significantly better tax structure than New York. He's a businessman. Take away 8 or 9% of state taxes, because there is no state income tax in Texas. Mm-hmm. And that's one good point. He didn't seem to be a New York person. He seems to be, you know, just like Wheeler left uh, and Syndergaard left, DeGrom left. And whether, you know, that's a coincidence, who knows. But the other thing that I think is important is baseball does not seem to be his passion. It seems to be his job. He's working for a certain number of years. He's going to retire and never need a dollar after he's out of baseball. You won't see him as a pitching coach or a manager or any of this. Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't know, I don't know about all that, um, but I, I just know all I know is that he didn't want to be here, and you don't have to be an insider to figure that out. I mean, look at what happened, and you would know that DeGrom didn't want to be here. And you could get into the finances and the taxes in Texas and all those different things, and that's fine. His money could go a longer way. By the way, I would never criticize a player – at least at this point in my life, you know, when I was younger, I hated guys that left for more money or whatever it may be. But I, I'm not going to criticize DeGrom for taking the most money. All I'm saying is he did not care about being with the Mets. It wasn't like the Mets were offering him $80 million. I mean, they had a significant offer, and I would think would have come up potentially a little bit. I don't know if they would have went to the five-year length that Texas did, but they would have come up a little bit, and it just the, the, it just didn't work out. The Mets didn't really want him at what he ended up getting, and he didn't want to be here for whatever reason. That's, I, I, I couldn't agree with yeah. you more. And look, Verlander's here for two years, and, you know, I, I hope he does well for the Mets and Scherzer does well, But because I, I don't think there'll be a big drop-off, as you pointed out. Grom started 11 games last year. He's not going to live up to the perspective of nineteen of 2019 or 2020. Right. So it's all upside. I don't see it as a downside right. How could it be? Either. And we don't know, and thank you for the call-out, we don't know how it's going to work out. How could it be any worse? I mean, for it to be worse, Verlander is basically going to have to be out for the year. Even if Verlander doesn't pitch well in the postseason, it's going to be similar to DeGrom. I mean, DeGrom had one start. It was, you know, it, look, he made big pitches in big spots, in particular against Machado in that game, too. He was good. It wasn't vintage DeGrom. You want to talk about the sad part of this whole thing? And I knew it at the time. But the saddest part of this whole thing is that the Mets wasted two of the most brilliant years we've ever seen from a starting pitcher in the sport. In 2018 and 2019, the one thing I said consistently when I was on SNY, and you know, I guess I started filling in here again back in 2018, 2019, the one thing I said consistently was that it would be criminal, criminal for the Mets to not have Jacob DeGrom pitching game one of whatever postseason series that year. Or those years, 2018-2019. Criminal. Didn't even get a chance in 2020 in the pandemic-shortened year. That, to me, is the saddest thing. Because when he was at his best, they were not anywhere near where they're at now. And then when they were at their best, He wasn't where he was in 2018, 19, and 20. That's what's criminal about it and sad.
Because the way that he pitched when he was on top of his game, that's the type of pitcher that can win you a World Series in the playoffs. You get him, you somehow sneak into the postseason, you get him on the mound every fifth day or, or, you know, every maybe even fewer than that in the postseason on the short rest, whatever. You get him on the mound, game one of the postseason series, I like their chances. But it never happened. We didn't get a chance to see it. Finally, this year, they get that. DeGrom is actually healthy. But failed down the stretch in Oakland and Atlanta. And, you know, you throw Scherzer in there, too. A guy who I love, he got beat up in Atlanta. And then again, even worse, against the Padres. And that's how the Mets are building their team. They can't win like that. Santiago is calling from Kearney, New Jersey. What's up, Santiago? Hey, what's up, Sal? Thank you for taking my call. Sal, you're right on point with the ground. I don't understand what people calling about complaining. Because in reality, it's like you said, they wasted the best years of the ground. They're not coming back anyway. The guy didn't want to be here. They replaced it with the best option that it was on the market. So I don't understand how can somebody call and say, oh, they should have did this, they should have did that. Period. Let him go. Let him go. It's not going to change. It's, it's not going to be worse. And it's not. it might be better because I think Verlander is available. The, uh, the ground, the last three years, was uh, he's not pitching for the next three months. Right. And they still won. So I don't understand. They need to sign Bell. Well, I think uh, I think the I think the Met fan is a looking at what Degrom was, or I guess still could be, but not what was this past year. But looking at what he was in 2018, 2019, 2020, and B, you know, there there's an emotional level here. There, you know, the, with Degrom, there's emotion involved. That's what hurts. Yeah, on paper, statistically. DeGrom didn't pitch. He pitched 11 games. Verlander, when he's healthy, he pitches. DeGrom, even when healthy, there's always some kind of issue or he wants to be taken out of games. That's not Verlander. It's not Verlander or Scherzer. Those guys aren't going to ask out of games unless something is wrong. So Those two two guys right there, they're bulldozers. Correct. They're bulldozers, right. Yeah, my finger hurts. Oh, I I put a muscle, this and that. So why would you want to have – this is what I understand about Fans. You want to have a guy sitting there just because of the name? No, no, no. I want a guy that's available when they need it. When you need a pitcher, he's there. Right. That's the, that's the type of players I like. I don't understand this okay. because okay, okay. sentimental. It's, it's like Cashman. Another four years for Cashman? Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> that, four that, more well, years well. of Brian Cashman. Oh, oh my God, Gosh. What a big, what a big signing! Uh, the the Yankees oh, made with that. Yeah, what a big signing! Now look, it's thank not you. it's not the worst thing. And thank you for the call, Santiago. Appreciate you checking in. It's not the worst thing. You know, I don't look. I, I told you, I, it's not that I don't like Brian Cashman. It's that that I felt like it was time for a change. The same way Brian Cashman dismissed Joe Girardi after Game Seven of the 2017 ALCS and told him. It's just time for a change. We think he's great. We wish him well moving forward. I'd give highest recommendations. Just time for a change. Well, that's how I felt with Brian Cashman. And by the way, not only do we have Brian Cashman, now we have Brian Cashman's spinoff. Brian Cashman's mini-me with Billy Epler. He's a clone. I find it annoying. Oh, the Mets are interested in Andrew Haney and Jamison Tyler. Dude, can you pick some of your own players? 
It's got to be everybody. Can like that's the problem with this analytical stuff. Yeah, they're all going to be on the same players because they all have the same values. Use your eyes and realize, hey, you know what? Haney sucks. Tylen wasn't very good. I don't know. I just feel like Epler is too similar to Brian Cashman. It draws me up a wall. I'm not saying he's bad. And like I said, I think Cashman is one of the better GMs in baseball. I'd like to see him go somewhere else with lesser payroll and see what he could do. That's where you really find out what he's made of. But it was just, to me, time for a change. And they didn't get it. I thought he should have been you know, dismissed after last season. They didn't do that. And they're not going to let him go after this year where they won the division and made it to the ALCS. Uh, yeah, albeit got swept, but still they made it to the ALCS. Chad is calling from Tampa, Florida. What's up, Chad? Hey, how you doing, bud? How are you, Chad? I'm good, doing good. Um, I wanted to. I uh, Omar Manaya was. Well, I want to talk about the the Degrom and uh, mm-hmm. Verlander thing, but I, um, my take on it. But Omar Manaya was on Miami Sports Talk Radio, and I just wanted to tell you what his take was on it. And he was talking about you know, what he heard from inside the organization about how this came about. But anyways, push comes to shove. Obviously, you know, you fans fall in love with certain players. You don't want them to leave or whatever. But, you know, if you if DeGrom was on another team and the Mets were going to sign one of them and it was either a two-year deal with Verlander or a five-year for DeGrom, I think most of the Mets fans that are pissed at DeGrom left would have probably said let's get Verlander for two years. You know what I mean? If it were what now? If it were Verlander for two I'm, years? I'm saying if, if, if DeGrom was on another team and the Mets were either going to choose between oh, right. you know Verlander or DeGrom, most right. of the Mets fans that are pissed at DeGrom left probably would have, you know, if, if it was either, you know, if you asked yeah, the right, They would have preferred, right. if you take out the emotional attachment and the fact that he's a homegrown Met, yeah. you're saying pound for pound outside of that, who would you rather have, right? Yeah, so Omar, Omar was saying, that some people were asking him, you know, about, you know, did he, did he, was it, did he not want to be a man? Was that, and he, he said that from what he, you know, and Omar knows people inside the organization. Mm. Well, he said that it wasn't so much, yes, DeGrom had always said that, you know, that he told some people that he might leave and he might not. And, you know, you hear the kind of story. There was some, most of the, the, the players had, have already said, you know, were already quoted saying that, you know, he wanted to stay. Mm-hmm. But from what Omar was saying is that the Mets were truly adamant about the three-year deal. And that was firm. That's their deal. And that they weren't going to come up. So I hear you with what you're saying about DeGrom didn't want to be here. Obviously, you know, he could have went back to the Mets with the deal and said, hey, if he truly, truly. But I think he was pissed. The Mets sure. put their foot in the sand and said, we're going to offer you $40 million. No one else is offering you $40 million a year. Here's the three-year deal, and they were adamant. I don't – from what Omar was saying is they weren't going to come up. So that that probably pissed Jake off right there. I, I'm sure, but they, there's we, also it's also deeper than that. I, I'm not saying I, – I believe yeah, that that's yeah, – I'm but sure I that think, that's listen, the case. People, people want to – you know, first of all, it's early in the in the offseason. So everybody's saying about the lineup, this and that. We already got a glimpse of what the Mets were thinking last year. I mean, if they really, I mean, when what's his name from um, who went to the Padres? Uh, Soto. Who's the Who's the Padres? Who Juan Soto? Soto yeah. Talking about, yeah. Right. So they could have listen. The Mets could have put together a package that matched what the uh, the Padres did, but they didn't trade their their guys. So we already know that they're 
you know. Well, the, the Mets they're part of the have... future. You can't pay everybody on the team. Like, I mean, lift, they, you need look at the Dodgers. The Dodgers have a huge payroll, but they got five, six starters in that lineup that are still on. You know, well, that's having right. become arbitration eligible. You that's where the Mets everybody. have to get. That that's where they have to get to, Chad. You nailed it. And I think they're trying to work their way there. And thank you for the call. They're trying to work their way there. They, Cohen has said this is right now. He doesn't mind overspending to kind of make up for lost time because they're not going to be able to compete to the level they want to compete at right now, where without spending money. Because they're trying to build their farm system to a level like the Dodgers, like the Braves, where you could just replenish guys if they leave and have guys that are not going to cost you $40 bucks a year. So that's what they're in the process of doing. They're holding on to their young prospects while signing free agents, hoping to compete, which they did last year at a high level. Obviously fell short of the ultimate goal, but they still... Made the playoffs, 101 games, all that. They're trying to do this now, spend now to compete while also building a sustainable, long-term, successful franchise. Like the Dodgers. That's the model. You could go with the Yankees as well. Same thing. Where you have that much success and you're in the postseason regularly. You can't have every player in your everyday starting lineup making or or in the rotation making 30 35 40 million dollars a year it just doesn't work like that but the Mets had been so barren for so long think of how much spending they had to do to make up for it and the other part and this is the biggest part drafting well and developing that's going to be a huge part of this thing not maybe this year but moving forward Now, they couldn't have gotten Soto because the Nationals wouldn't want to trade with the Mets. And apparently the Nationals didn't like what the Yankees had. You, know, you could you could have prospects. If the other team or the organization doesn't value your prospects, I mean, they're worthless in any particular trade. I don't think it was about the Mets' prospects with Soto. I think it was about they're not trading Soto in the division. Kevin is calling from Carmel. What's up, Kevin? Hey, what's going on? I was just uh, I was just wondering. So, I know Aaron Judge is gonna request a lot, and I was telling my buddies, man, hey, we don't need it. But now I'm looking on MLB.com at the free agents, and really, if we don't get him, there's not much. I don't want Correa, uh, even though he's probably the best player available. But uh, if we don't get him, there's really he was our whole team, and there's nothing to replace him. Correct. You do look. You do not replace Aaron Judge now. Maybe they get creative and try to go make a blockbuster trade. Uh, maybe they then go all in on Shohei Otani, which is a strong possibility. Uh, I, I don't. Cashman doesn't know, so how the hell do I know what the Yankees are going to do <laughs> if they don't get Aaron Judge? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh, barring Otani, I mean, there's Carlos Rodon, I guess, and that, that's not going to that's not going to replace fifty, you know, sixty home runs. Brandon Nimmo, all right, the Mets will probably sign him. Well, I mean, let's just say the Yankees did sign him. You're still not replacing Aaron Judge's power. I mean, how are you doing that exactly? You could build a different team, maybe a more balanced team, but you're losing the one guy in that lineup that you can't afford to lose. I mean, Aaron Judge was their entire team last year. 
So there is no answer to this. You could try, like you said, you could build up a loaded rotation, go get Rodon, you pair him with Garrett Cole, and you have Cortez and Severino. I think that would be one way, that would be a start, but I don't I don't see the bat that's out there that the Yankees would be able to go get that would fit them, you know, being an outfield bat that could at least uh, try to replace Aaron Judge. Yeah, and like you said, we 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 all watched uh, the same the same season that the Yankees had. It was if Aaron Judge didn't ha- didn't carry the team, they they weren't winning. You know, staying when he was healthy, yeah. But if it wasn't Aaron Judge, we weren't scoring runs. No, look, Aaron Judge was their team, and thank you for the call, Kev. Aaron Judge was their team last year. They cannot lose him. It's not even just about Judge, 62 homers last year. It's not even just about Judge being their whole team and their MVP and the only reason to watch. They can't lose him for more reasons than just that. He's their guy. Aaron Judge is the face of the Yankees franchise. How could they possibly lose a guy like that? This is different from Robinson Cano. Yankees made a mistake here, letting it get this far. They are playing with fire. They were playing with fire before the year started. And things are getting hot right now. And the Yankees are in the dark. They don't know what's going on. They didn't even know Aaron Judge was going to show up in San Diego. They are playing with fire. Be careful. You play with fire. You know what happens. It's your turn to cause trouble. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Back on the fan, 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Matt signed Justin Verlander to replace Jacob DeGrom in their rotation. It's not really a surprise. I mean, I was not surprised DeGrom left. I'm certainly not surprised that once he did leave, they made the move to go out there and get Justin Verlander. It's crazy how times have changed, though. It's like you got to remind yourself what's going on here. Think about how many years we were talking about the Mets where they were just inactive and not doing anything in free agency. And it feels great to be able to have both these teams, Mets and Yankees, as significant players. Obviously, one more so than the other. The Yankees haven't really been overly active, and certainly not to their standards. But you know, we'll see what happens with Aaron Judge and where the Yankees go from there. But point is, to get these teams to the level that they're at now, to have the Mets back in the, in the fold... Man, it's exciting. And they already answered the top, you know, their their top need. Replaced DeGrom in that rotation. They do it with Justin Verlander. Remarkable how things are with Steve Cohen. Now, just, look, they got to build the team out. There's going to be a bunch of question marks. Still focused on pitching. Fleeks and I were just talking about this off the air during the break. The And we mentioned this a little bit on Baseball Night New York yesterday on SNY at 6 o'clock, that the... Next level starter, you know, Kodai Senga has been rumored. Uh, you know, Mets are involved in him. Jamison Tyone, Andrew Haney, I guess bringing Chris Bassett back is an option. 
Kodai, Kodai Senga is my number one choice. The unknown, you know, bringing in uh, an exciting player from Japan. I always like that. I think that that's fun. Adds a different element. But if not him, then to me, it's got to be Taiwan Walker. I'd rather bring Taiwan Walker back than Jamison Tyone or Andrew Haney. Give me a break. Or even Chris Bassett, for that matter. 877-337-6666. Nick is in Clifton, New Jersey. What's up, Nick? Hey, how's it going, Sal? How are you, Nick? Sure, man. So, I got a question for you. So, but to me, it seems like the Mets kind of need a big, like a big bat now. And the reason why I say that is it seems like, you know, with Justin Verlander being 40 next month and Max Scherzer also being about 39 years old, I feel like the time to win is now. And right. waiting for waiting for a Shohei Otani, I mean, as good as that sounds, that one that's not guaranteed because you have a lot of everyone's going to be going after Shohei Otani. And two, I mean, like I said, the with forty year olds, you don't know what you really have in Verlander. Essentially, he's coming off a of Cy Young, but to me personally, I mean, I think the better bet. You got to let you go, Nick. Your line is breaking up. You're calling from a bad line there. But I think I got the gist of your point. You feel like the Mets are not going all in if they wait on Shohei Otani, which I could understand why you're saying that. And look, when they have the pitching that they do at their age, to your point, this is clearly a win-now team. But it's a win-now team with the idea of building a sustainable model that can have success for years to come. Right. And to do that, you have to look ahead. You can't just look right now and say, well, what are the best options available now? Just go get them all. And Shohei Otani is such a unique player that he's worth waiting for. Oh, and by the way, it's not like they're waiting for two, three years. If I were saying Juan Soto, that I could understand. Because Soto, obviously, not a free agent until the end of next year. Shohei Otani's a free agent the end of this year. And, in all likelihood, the Angels are going to trade him. And if the Angels don't trade Shohei Otani, the trade deadline, they are even dumber than we think. They have to trade Shohei Otani. So, if I'm the Mets, I could look ahead and say, hey, we want to be in a position where we're going all in for that guy. Now you're talking about getting an arm and a big bat. Multiple problems solved. Not to mention the intangibles that Shohei Otani brings. And, you know, the the market. The way that that would help with excitement and sales and all that stuff. I, I don't think you could say that they're punting It's not like they're not trying to build a winner. I mean, look at their team. They don't have too many holes anyway. Otani's the guy. You know, unfortunately, Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, Mookie Betts, those guys became available B.C., before Cohen. There hasn't been that type of impact player, the guy, the no-doubt Go get this guy player since Cohen has arrived. Now, you want to say judge that guy? Sure, but there are obviously different things at hand here with him coming from the Yankees. You know, you could get on 
the Mets for not going after Aaron Judge and why they didn't. But do you really think Aaron Judge would leave the Yankees to go to the Mets? Come on. That's another one of those. Give the Mets the benefit of the doubt. They're not stupid. They're not going to go offer Judge $350 million just so he could go back to the Yankees and say, hey, here's what the Mets offered me. They're not going to be used in that spot to screw over the Yankees. Now, obviously, they probably rooting for Judge to sign back with the Yankees because if he does, that should be one less team that will be involved on Otani. And call a call before and said, I don't know if it was this last call or what, or a little bit earlier, but why would you wait for Otani? Everybody could go get him then when he becomes a free agent or anybody could get him at the trade deadline. That's not true. Not everybody could get him. Number one, not everybody's going to have the prospects that the Angels would want. Number two, very few teams are going to be able to afford Shohei Otani. That's why the Mets are already in the conversation before it even gets going. They're one of the teams that could afford him. Would you have to give up at the deadline? That I don't know. That's the big question. Antonio's calling from Manhattan. What's up, Antonio? Hey, how you doing, man? How's everything going? Yeah, not bad. How are you? Uh, all right, here and there. But, you know, things are, things are looking up. Um, yeah, so let me ask you this. So basically, so we have Berlander, Scherzer, and now we're going to have also, how about we get also Al Lido, bring him back? That, that way we have the Social Security crowd. Well, you can bring, that. and he's a lefty as well. You're going to add the lefty to the mix with Al Lido. Unbelievable. See, they, 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 that's cool, see, but like you said, I think we're on the same kind of wavelength here. I think that uh, we, ha- you know, I think you're going to have to get Senga, uh, you know, the Japanese pitcher. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you about Walker. I think, look, Walker, he's only 30 years old. And if you look, remember in 2020, um, he had like um, kind of like a bad year uh, after he stopped, he started really well. But then last year, if you saw. He actually overcame that, and I think you know that he's on his way now to being a better pitcher. And he can win you 15 games um, next year, I think. You well, know, because yeah, I don't I think know what he's the, on his way. I don't know what the deal is with Walker, but like I was saying before, I'd rather have him than a lot of the other guys. Kodai Senga would be my first choice. So, and we'll see what the Mets are going to do. I don't think it's going to be both. I think it's going to be probably one or the other to go along with I, Carlos Carrasco in that rotation, Tyler McGill as hmm. well. And and look at this. This is. Uh, thing that I was thinking that, you know, because I, I was thinking Nemo, but then like there's a couple of things that I learned about him that now I don't want him. Uh, so, but, you know. About Nemo? Thinking, what do you learn about, about Nemo that Nemo. you don't want? Um, it's, it's me. It's me. Uh, Twitter. I, I saw his Twitter. And, um, you know, that's why, you know, like you should, you should not have stuff available for people to see on Twitter. And I totally disagree with a lot of the stuff that I saw from him. Oh, there. Well, like, does he do, that, that, does, does he do, does he do political stuff or just like religious stuff? And basically like hunting, like he's showing like, uh, oh. you know, I'm, I'm against killing animals and stuff like that. He's like showing a whole bunch of dead animals and stuff like that. Like I'm against all that. Obviously he is what he is. That's fine. Yeah, but but that, look you're, what I'm thinking. Look what, you're entitled to your opinion on why you wouldn't want, but you're right. Like there are certain things that, People now look. Maybe Nimmo doesn't care about that, but there are certain things players or public figures should be cautious of. Where you don't want to turn off a fan exactly, base. Yeah. I just don't know if that's small. Whether it's political views or religious things or whatever it is. In this particular case, hunting with Nimmo. Me personally, I don't care what he does. I'm not saying I like hunting. I don't uh, like it, and I understand where you're coming from. But I just care what he does on the baseball field. That it may be narrow minded and. And foolish, but that's just if you could hit, if okay. you could play baseball, that's what I care about. Yeah, but you always said, I always listen to you. You always say that he's a guy that doesn't do things well. He doesn't run well. 
He doesn't hit for power well. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. I think this is why I think this guy, I know you totally, you're probably going to disagree with me, but, but I think if the Mets offered this guy a contract, he's only 27 years old. You know who I'm talking about, right? Who? He's only 27 years old. He, he, he was with L.A. He's, he's a free agent. Oh, Bellinger? Bellinger. This guy, I'm telling you, man, they can strain out his swing. That guy's 27 years old. He can come back and actually, you know, have a, uh, a monster year. I'm telling you, that's a guy. And he can play center field. So basically, look, he's going to hit you probably if he doesn't do well, he's probably going to hit you, look, maybe 20 home runs. Yeah, you know, he's going to hit you probably 220, 230 maybe. Mm-hmm. But at least, look, he has more power than them. I think, he look, he's a good center fielder. I yeah, think I'm not opposed to that. That's a guy that the Mets should kind of like target because if they can fix his swing. I'm telling you, Big man, gift, that guy's going to be a monster. Big if wouldn't be my first choice, Antonio, but I get that, and thank you for the call. You're right what I talk about Nimmo. And by the way, I don't mind Nimmo as a player. I do not think he's a center fielder. He may be the best center field option that's available. He may be serviceable in center field. He goes back on balls very well. I do not think Brandon Nimmo is a good center fielder. That's number one. Plays way too deep, doesn't have a good arm. Number two, not a great, he doesn't have great speed. He may be fast. He doesn't have great speed to a point where he's going to steal a lot of bases. No game-changing speed there. So if he's not a good defensive player, doesn't have speed, well, he must hit for a high average, right? Nope, wrong again. He does walk a lot, does get on base, does work the count, see a lot of pitches, got a great eye, does make solid contact, doesn't hit with a lot of power, though, either. So no high average, not a lot of power. What exactly does Brandon Nimmo do well? He gets on base. I'm not paying $150 million for that. Now, I'd want him back, but I think the Mets still... With Nimmo back, need a big bat. I don't know if Bellinger's that guy. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I'm actually getting excited about the idea of Michael Conforto coming back, although I would not bet that Conforto would want to be back. I think he'd be a good fit for the Mets. His potential, that type of bat, where you would expect some power even in a down year, And I got to believe at this point, you're going to get the best that Conforto has to offer. However, the way he failed so miserably in the end with the Mets, if I'm him, well, if I'm him, I do better than what he did, honestly. I mean, come on, put the pressure on me. I'm going to perform, especially in New York. But based on what he did, he seems like the type of guy that would benefit from being elsewhere, where he could go to a crappy team with no pressure, go to a hitter-friendly ballpark, Cincinnati, Colorado, whatever. Pittsburgh and go rake for a year, put up numbers, and then go get paid. Get the long-term contract you were looking for. Nimmo's going to get Conforto money. That's scary. I would have never thought that two, three years ago. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast your official station to talk yankees the fan 1019 fm and always live on the free odyssey app download it today Sal Akata back on the fan, 877-337-6666. It's funny, we do this, uh, we did this segment called The Money Pit on Baseball Night New York on SNY, where we had uh, myself and a bunch of the panel members who, you know, we rotate throughout the course of uh, the, the weeks. Uh, each show is different with different panel. We had people guess the total amount that DeGrom, Nimmo, and Judge would sign for. And I was way out in front of everybody. I think the second place guess was Omar Minaya at six hundred and sixteen million, and I was at seven hundred million, which everybody was like, "What? That's crazy!" Seven hundred million. And now with Degrom getting one eighty five, all of a sudden your boy doesn't look that crazy anymore. Judge is getting over three hundred. So let's say is Judge it closest gets- without going over or closest? You know what, Fleegs? I never specified the rules, but I do think it's probably closest without going over. Then you might be interested because I could see you being within like, like 30 yeah. and Omar is off by seventy plus. But if you're over, then you're over. I would hope it's just the closest. I didn't think about it until I gave that. In my mind, I'm like, all right, well, one fifty for Nemo. Uh, two hundred for Degrom and three fifty for how do I do that? One fifty. Damn, my damn fingers in this phone, this calculator. One fifty for Nemo, two hundred for Degrom. You know, roughly, and three fifty for Judge. Yeah, that's probably how I came up. Now, give or take, Degrom. And then you probably did that thinking, all right. Well, someone else is going to say right around seven hundred, like seven hundred five. So you tried to up that a little bit. I just, I honestly didn't give it much thought other than overestimating the the contract because generally that's what happens. Sure enough, where many people probably had Degrom at one twenty five or one thirty, 
He now got fifty million more. Even than then, that. I think the max on Degrom would have been like one sixty, one sixty-five. If you thought okay. he was going to get four years, nobody on earth up until when we found out the announcement Friday night thought a team was giving Jacob Degrom five years. Right, but I guess that's kind of the point, right? Is that these contracts come out of nowhere and guys go up? Same thing with Judge. So maybe people are estimating Judge at three hundred, three ten. He's going to get more than that. He's probably going to get close to three fifty. Now again, I'm. What do you think? If you I think there's guess, a chance he gets closer to four than closer to three. If you had a guess, all right, good point. If you had a guess right now, and you know Degrom, so you have an, you're at an advantage. But what would you guess the total? Well, so I would have before this, I would have guessed like 165 for Degrom. So okay. I would have been off. I would have guessed like 140 for Nimmo. So that's 305, and I would have guessed about. 360 for Judge. Wow, okay. So that's... You 665. So 665. So yeah, it would have been right in too. between you guys. Yeah, you would have there too. I will say, you might be over. I think you will definitely be closer than anybody else on that show. Right. It's going to be over 650, without a doubt. I would be surprised if it's not. Especially oh. now that DeGrom got that extra money. I'd be shocked if it's not over 650 total. Well, the, the X factor could be Nimmo. Is Nimmo getting... 150, 160, or is he going to get what we initially thought, 105? And it, it's guaranteed money, right? Not the, oh, the DeGrom deal, if it's no, six no, no. years, it could like go De, to 222. Yeah, De, DeGrom counts at 185. Right, because Nimmo could get, maybe he gets five years in another, or six years. I mean, if Jacob DeGrom, off of the injuries he's had in the last two years, is Crazy. getting five years, it makes me question the matter. And forget the money. The, and I, we've seen crazy numbers money-wise being thrown out, too. It makes me question the kind of years, like... At this point, would I be shocked if Carlos Rodon gets six years with an option for seven? Right. What was Patrick Corbin's deal? Do you remember? Roughly, was it seven years? Was it years? six? See, I think Rodon's going to get something like that, I would guess. A younger guy, he's, you know, obviously been one of the better guys that are six, out there. 6'140 for Patrick Corbin. All right, so he should probably get seven for... Was he 29 around? So he would have been around the same age when he signed that? That's what Rodon is right now? Yeah, because Corbin definitely signed it before 2019 with the Nationals. He was there when they won the World Series. He's 29, and I don't know why I'm using that as the comp. I just Maybe because they're both lefties. Who the hell knows? But you just feel like, and that was a big deal at the time. He's going to get more than that, though. Significantly. Like He may get $200 million, right? He's got to get, he's not going to get $40 million a year. What do you think he gets per year? 32? 30 I would think he's getting at least 30, right? So we're talking about... 6-180 minimum, then there might be an option that gets you the seventh year. Right. A lot of these guys now, whether it's just an option added on or we'll trade you, we'll have an opt-out after three or four years, and you get the option for the seventh year, there will be something like that. That, yeah, there's going to be a chance he tops $200 million, I, I think, think, at least in that contract. I would bet he's going to top $200 million. You, You're right. He maybe You're gets, just saying guaranteed he tops the 200 I think guaranteed he's going to be right around that. 200. It wouldn't shock me based on what we've seen so far. And then maybe they add on that extra seven to your point, whether it's a vesting option or whatever, or team option, something like that. Remarkable. Every year, though, it's the same thing. These contracts, people are, guys get paid. I remember having this fight with Moose. We were doing the sports night show years ago before, you know, when Cano was a free agent. And we're fighting about it. And we're talking about Moose. Like, Ooh, what do you think he's going to get? Uh, what is he going to get? Two hundred? I forget the exact comment, but I was like, "There's a, there's always some sucker team that goes out there and overpays. There's always one." And sure enough, there was the Mariners, two hundred eighty million, and he left. It's crazy how it happens, but it does, and it generally does not work out. It's why the rare one. If you have a guy who stays healthy the entire career 
and plays well. The only one we can really think of is Scherzer in these examples. If it works out, by the end of that contract, you know, there's going to be one out of 15 or 20 that looks like a bargain. The rest of them are going to look like disasters, but there's going to be that one in that mix that looks like you got a steal over the long-term length of it. Right. Most of them are bad. And we'll see with Machado and Harper how that's going to work out. Even Harper, you know, banged up for half, missing half seasons and stuff like that. But still, it's not always just based on the result. It's about whether it's the right move at the time or not. And obviously, you look at some of these deals. That's what we talked about. Scherzer last year, Verlander right now. Who knows how it's going to work out. How many of you think, like, because we have their callers fans all the time who complain, you can't give out these crazy long-term deals you know, it's insane. It never works. They break down. It's never worth it at the end of the deal. And then the same people that are complaining about the Mets with the two-year deal for Verlander and not maybe not, even if they think they could have given DeGrom the extra year, which right. we knew it wasn't in play, but just the people that complain about the long-term deal and now are unhappy with the short-term deal. You think that Venn diagram is just a complete circle or you think there are like some people who are not contradicting themselves when they complain about one and the other. Well, right. It's got to be one or the other. Right. Otherwise, and they're, and they're complaining players. about both either way. Yeah, otherwise you're not getting like players. They, they're, they're complaining about they hated the Lindor contract a couple years ago. How can you give a contract that long? And now it's, well, how can you give Verlander all that money but, uh, even though it's only two years? It's, uh, right. You'd gotta, rather gotta do that. Got to pick one. By the way, the trade Turner deal is fascinating because clearly he just wanted to hit that $300 million number because he had to go to the 11th year to get it. $27 million a year. That's not a lot. Right, that's what for years. a player like that. And I know, like, I was looking at his numbers because Trey Turner was one of two significant bats out there. So you were interested if you're a fan of a big market team. His drop-off last year in OPS was significant. So I was like, maybe he's not going to get the crazy, you know, he's not going to, no one's going to approach the Lindor deal that Cohen did a couple years ago because it was too much, right. even with the different circumstances. But only, I mean, $27 million a year, if he plays and if he's healthy, that's one that, forget what the last five years are like, if he play, if Trey Turner is what Trey Turner normally is for the first half of that contract, then you got a, a 35 to $40 million player for $27 million a year. A steal. Right, but then you look at it, okay, you know, how many years should they have realistically, get? 11 years. Is got, listen, a guy who relies a lot on his legs. Right. We've seen those guys, and, and those are the players that break down quickly so age 35 all of a sudden Trey Turner could go from he's stealing 25 bases to well the guy can't hit he can't run he doesn't beat balls out anymore the average drops because he doesn't uh, beat base hits out that could happen fast right yeah it could fall off the cliff we saw it a little bit with Jose Reyes obviously he didn't do it with the Mets but when he signed on elsewhere with the Marlins and then gets traded to the Blue Jays I was just looking at the and we'll get back to your calls here in a second 877-337-6666 ESPN showed a graphic of the highest AAV right now. Scherzer, Verlander, both 43. DeGrom, 37. Cole, 36. Just, uh, it's crazy. And then, I mean, we could, Mets fans and Yankee fans are about, among the loudest complainers. Three of those four deals are, here. are New York. And the Mets, average annual value offered to DeGrom Was is more than the 37 they just showed. Crazy, right? They and offered him more. judge, whether it's with the Yankees or somebody else, He's going to come very, very close to that number. Right. He's going to get higher than 35, right? Or around that, you think? I think he's going to get a little bit more than 35. Right. He's not going to get eight, so let's say 37 I think he gets close to four. I think he's going to be right between the Scherzer-Verlander grouping and DeGrom. He's going to end up getting like 38, 39. Right. I think he's getting over 340. He's going to get that ninth year from the Giants. They know. They know they have to get it to him. There's no way you talk the talk that 
they've been putting out there. If you're not willing to give the guy nine years and over 330, 340 million. And maybe they go to 10 years at a little bit less, you know, a la Trey Turner. Hey, get me to 1050. I don't care. What's the difference? Nine, 10 years. Get me to 350 million, however you want to get Can it. Can we do like a live auction for free agency? Could you imagine? I mean, forget <laughs> the World Series. What are more people tuning in for? An auction for the years and the contract for these players? Love this stuff. Fascinating. Fascinating, these contracts. 10-year deal. God. For a guy who's in his 30s. Again, you know, Otani or what's Soto going to get in two years? Yeah, right. Mid-20s player. I mean, I still think there's going to be a limit. Like, you, you're going to, it can't just be, it's going to be 500 million. Although, I guess maybe eventually you get if, to that If point. it's for 12, 13 years. I think Otani's going to be significant because you're talking about a player who could obviously hit and pitch. So two, The next two years, we're going to see some, I mean, Judge is going to look like nothing after Otani signs next year and Soto the year after that. No question. I, those, uh, Otani in particular, I can't wait to find out the value on a guy who could do what he could do. On both sides of it. And really, so you're asking, how big is that check that Steve Cohen is writing? Yeah, exactly. 877-337-6666. Eric is calling from Bensonhurst. What's up, Eric? Hey, Sal. It's just, I don't know where to start and end, and we'll pick up, and, and it goes where it goes. It's just, this contract thing is beyond ridiculous, insane as it is. So let me just, I'm a Yankee fan. All right. My, my, all right. All right, just bear with me for a minute. We'll get to the Grom in a minute and all that, which is a waste of time and all that. Uh, Cashman, I'm sick of Cashman. Cashman Bone, how? Listen, it doesn't end. My advice to them, if they look, but I'm just uh, one lone Yankee, long-time Yankee fan, okay? And I heard what you and your partner said, okay? I don't care about it. There's no connection with Aaron. I'm going to call with, uh, with Judge. Judge has never won anything. He batted 139 in the playoffs. Well, he won he the MVP. one hit against the Astros. I don't care about the 62 home runs. And by well, the way. Well, if you don't care about 62 home well, runs, I, I don't know. know. Before you cut me off. Oh, I'm not going to cut you off. I'm just saying, to say that you don't care about 62 home runs is asinine. Listen to me. Was he actually tested for steroids? No, like, uh, come on. Like uh, no, I'm cutting you off. Uh, thank you for the call, Eric. Jesus. I mean, that's. <laughs> I mean, come remember on. you originated the Judge steroid talk over the summer. I just said, I mean, would you be shocked if it came out that that were the case? Hey, by the way, being that we got Marco in the house now, you guys want to go over the perfect parlay thing? We want to wait till. Oh no, we can't do it at three. Well, you want to do it at three? Or you want to do it now? Yeah, let's do it now. It's, okay. it's if you get a good caller up next, there's not enough time for them. Yeah, I don't want to short a call here. And hang on, we'll get back to you. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Where is this paper that I had here and here? Um, did you did you follow along with the picks, Marco, this week? Yeah, I think I could do the math pretty quick, actually. <laughs> I don't think it's so that I rough because I wasn't here. Who did you guys pick? I know mine went two for three or three for four, so I lose the parlay. Well, wait, did you have a four teamer fleeks? Am I? No, have... I think I had three teams, three. and then I had the, the Vikings. Vikings for the money. So I got that. Fleek, unfortunately. So Fleeks had the Vikings in the money line pick when we do the New York. So he's mm-hmm. at plus three there. Right. One with the Vikings. The parlay was the Cowboys minus ten and a half win, Raiders minus one win. Titans plus four and a half. Mm. That negates the parlay. So Fleeks is that. And I'm bummed there because the game I was debating between was the Titans and the Steelers, and I only didn't do it because I said, I can't put three favorites in there. Would have been three easy wins. And Marco, so Fleeks is on the board now with three points on the year. Marco did put those Steelers in there. Mm -hmm. That's a win. Vikings Mm -hmm. minus three. Mm -hmm. That's a win. Giants plus two and a half. That's a win. Mm -hmm. 
Titans plus four and a half. Oh, he did a 14. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a theme here, Fleeks. This is great. Uh, Marco also had the Giants money line. That's a loss. That didn't work out real well. So Marco ends up with a goose egg on the day. Mm-hmm. I had the I went two teamer. I had the Giants plus two and a half. Sal got his lead. Now he's playing it safe yep. until, yeah, until we exactly get one. Like he was milking the clock from week one. I didn't love a lot of these games. Giants, Prevent defense, Sal. Never works. <laughs> Giants plus two and a half. Titans plus four and a half. Oh, we all, we all oh, went with the went trend of the Vrabel's great as an underdog. I also had the Vikings money line, so I did get three points there. And we did have, just for fun, let's go over this one. This is great. We did have McKeon. We, we figured we could do guest picks, like if you're not here or whoever or somebody do it fills more time. Yeah, it, it does fill more time. And also, if you hit one, I mean, you could technically win this thing. I was going to say, you they get a 40, all of us who are doing them every week. They right. could wind up with a 43-point day and wind up taking the whole thing. Right. So McKeon uh, did not wind up with a 43-point <laughs> day. Matter of fact, so he had the Titans plus four and a half. Mm-hmm. He had the Dolphins plus four. Ah. 0 for 2, right? He had the Texans plus seven. They did not cover, did they? Oh, they did not. They did not. That's 0 for 3, and he had Washington minus 2.5. It's a rough day. And he also had Washington in the pick, in the uh, the pick'em. So McKeon. Do we give him points for being the first person here to get every pick wrong? wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, knew. none of us have done that yet. We've all ma- thrown in a, a winner here and there. We should have known we were dead when we all had the Titans. Like, do do, we, do we have going, a goose egg prize? As soon as McKeon picked the Titans, because he wound up going last when we did these picks, right. I even said, I was like, that. now we all said it. You got to run to put up the Eagles. And I even kind of mentioned, can I switch my pick? Because after all four of us took the Titans, I was like, we're done. We it's should over. eliminate the Titans because everybody lost. Everybody gets the results of the rest of their parlay. So I think that would mean the three of us are all winners. Right. I would be a one-teamer, though, and you guys would have it. Uh, have it get Marco, three of four. Ooh, that's annoying. Did it sting when you were watching? Because you knew you had it, right? The other ones, or no? You didn't really. I knew everything. Yeah, the Titan one was over because the Titan game was over, like second, third quarter. Yeah, it was over. Yeah, although the the giant one, if you know Washington had kicked that late field goal, that would have been turned too. But no, no, I mean the Tennessee one, it was over so fast that it was nothing to. Nothing yeah, even looked at. They were at. down 7-0. I was like, what the hell? And then they got 7-7. You're thinking, all right, maybe they're going to get a game. And then no. They're cutting just... it with the highlights of that game. I'm like, I know you guys didn't want to pay A.J. Brown. Would you like to cover A.J. Yeah, Brown? Right? And then they covered him on the second touchdown. And he's like, yeah, I don't care about this defender. I'm catching the ball through him anyway. Somebody do something. And you know, them. once they get behind, you can't go to Derrick Henry. So that negates them. With the, I mean, they stopped the run early, and that was it. It was over. Bad. It was a bad pick from all of us. We should be, the future rule should be there can't be a game where we all pick the same <laughs> one. That's just no family plays Well, you in can. This. Anyone listening, go the opposite way. You get yeah. easy money. We might have, we, but we could have. So your picks were already on paper. I had them, Fleegs. And then I knew what my pick was. And then when I heard Marco go, oh, I'm taking the Titans, I was like, oh, crap. We're all on. Same. And then McKeon, he went last. Who the hell knew what he was going to take? Once he took that, you're right. You did call the right. When McKeon said Washington, you were comfortable with the Giants. Now That was the first time that, oh, yes. They did yes. cover the two and a half, but unfortunately they did not uh, get the job done. All right, so the standings where we're at right now, I have 46 because I was at 43, so plus three. Marco, you remain at 10, and Fleeks is on the board with three. So, I mean, look, anything <laughs> could happen here. Rough road ahead there. No, what do you mean rough road ahead <laughs> I yeah. never looked. What did we? Didn't we all uh, hit the Turkey Day teasers though? No, you because, and I pushed. Yeah, you guys had the, the bills. bills. You had the Bills. I think minus was three. It, three? it was right. three, and they won twenty eight twenty five. We pushed with the Bills. We had everything else. You and I pushed and Sal. That's right. So. And we didn't. That was that Lions. was not set up where the it right. goes down to two that day. Well, You're because right. of, you know the teaser. If right, you right, push, yeah, exactly. So that was no. Well, if you funny. bet with the right book, it does hit as a two team <laughs> teaser. You're not getting great odds, but you're getting something back. <laughs> 
Oh, man. You're making right. some money. Now, you Fleegs will not be here again Friday. You and I will be, though? I'll be here, yeah. Okay, good. So we'll do the same thing. Who, you, uh, who's on the board? Maybe McCann again. We'll find out. But Fleegs got to send his picks in as we continue the perfect parlay. Maybe we'll have Taylor Mathis give us a little perfect parlay. She was with us last week doing the I'll picks. be here Thursday if you guys want to do them Thursday morning. Didn't she take Tennessee, too? She did. Right? She, well, that, yeah, she this, this is out. the problem, too, and this is why I texted you the picks Thursday night, Friday. By the time we got to Sunday, and every know, NFL show, everybody in the world right. was on the Titans. So right. while I still like them, I was just, I, you knew, there are picks where, like the same way, I, everybody loved the Jets on Sunday. So as a Jets fan, I knew, that's it. It's over. If everybody is taking this team, they're done. That's why I hate doing the picks on Friday. I, I honestly hate it. Now, although it's funny, that I'm was, the, that was the exact reason you took the Cardinals in the wild card game against the Rams. Which was what? That because every, everybody, every person, yeah. you, you said, I don't know a single other person who's not picking the Rams. Give me the Cardinals. Yeah, exactly. And the Cardinals played that game like they bet more money in the world than anybody else <laughs> on the Rams. <laughs> one of the worst picks I've ever made in my life. But yeah, Sunday morning, my gut feels differently if I'm sitting there thinking about it sometimes, but for show purposes, we got to do it on Friday. And yeah. the line changes. That Raiders game that I picked them as a favorite, they ended up going off as an underdog. Wow. Okay, so you got uh, a disadvantage then. So when I then. bet them, I got them plus one and a half. Right. We also go by based on whatever it is at the particular Which, time. Which, again, obviously. people are going to say, oh, that might not mean anything. If a game like the Giants switches from two one way to two the other, makes a big difference. Yeah, it does. All right, well, we'll see what we have in store this week for the Perfect Parlay coming up on Friday morning. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.